Welcome to the Bethel Free Baptist Church Weekly Sermons. This is the evening service of Sunday the 19th of September 2010, entitled, We See Jesus. And the Bible reading is taken from Hebrews chapter 2, verses 1 to 18. Here's Pastor Larry T. Curtis. I'd like to read from Hebrews chapter 2, and I'd like to read the 18 verses that make up this chapter, and then just focus our attention for a few minutes this evening on one verse as our simple thought this evening, we see Jesus. Hebrews chapter 2, I invite you to stand with me to honor the reading of God's Word, beginning in Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 1. Therefore we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. For if the word spoken by angels was steadfast, and every transgression and disobedience received a just recompense of reward, how shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation, which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed unto us by them that heard him? God also, hearing them witness, both with signs and wonders and with diverse miracles and gifts of the Holy Ghost according to his own will. For unto the angels hath he not put in subjection the world to come, whereof we speak. But one in a certain place testified, saying, What is man, that thou art mindful of him? Or the son of man, that thou visitest him? Thou madest him a little lower than the angels. Thou crownest him with glory and honor, and didst set him over the works of thy hands." Thou hast put all things in subjection under his feet. For in that he put all in subjection under him, he left nothing that is not put under him, but now we see not yet all things put under him. Verse 9 says, But we see Jesus, who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, that he by the grace of God should taste death for every man. For it became him for whom are all things, and by whom are all things, in bringing many sons unto glory to make the captain of their salvation perfect through sufferings. For both he that sanctifieth and they who are sanctified are all of one, for which cause he is not ashamed to call them brethren, saying, I will declare thy name unto my brethren in the midst of the church, while I sing praise unto thee. And again, I will put my trust in him. And again, behold, I and the children which God hath given me, for as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same, that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is, the devil, and deliver them who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. For well, verily he took not on him the nature of angels, but he took on him the seed of Abraham. Wherefore in all things it behooved him to be made like unto his brethren, that he might be merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God, to make reconciliation for the sins of the people. When that he himself hath suffered, being tempted, he is able to secure them that are tempted. Father, we thank you again this evening as we are 
reminded in these verses, Lord, of your love and just what the Lord Jesus Christ did for us when he came to this earth. Lord, this evening is a special time for us as a church body. As we come around the Lord's table in unity of heart and spirit and truth, Father, we would pray this evening that as we do so and as we look briefly at this passage, Lord, that all of our attention would be focused upon that one whom you sent for us, that one called Jesus. Father, we pray that he would be glorified and honored here this evening. He's given us this table that we would do it in remembrance of him. And it's him we'd like to remember. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Many good things and many of the things in these verses here, of course, bringing great clarity upon themselves. I want us to draw our attention to this simple verse in verse 9 that says, But we see Jesus, who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, that he, by the grace of God, should taste death for every man. We see Jesus. We find that under inspiration of God himself through the Holy Spirit, as these words were being penned, we don't know for certain. I personally believe it was probably by the Apostle Paul that was writing to the Hebrews here. But as these words were being written under inspiration, he goes from the verses before speaking of angels to speaking of Jesus Christ himself. He says here that Jesus was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death. We said many times that when we get to heaven one day, we will be able to sing songs of redemption that even the angels cannot sing. You see, there is no salvation for the angels. We know that there was a third of them that rebelled with, with Lucifer, and one day they will with him be cast into the lake of fire for all of eternity. We find that Jesus didn't come to redeem the angels. He was made lower than the angel as a man to come to this earth. Specifically, he said, for the suffering of death. It says he tasted death for every man. And of course, for him, Jesus Christ, to do such a great thing, it bears that we remember some things. And that's what this table is all about this evening. I mean, as Christians, hopefully we would never forget Jesus, not really forget him. But why did he give us a table and say, this do in remembrance of me? Because he knows us all so well. He came as a man. He knows that so many times there are so many distractions out there. Matter of fact, not just out there, but he knows many times we can come and sit on these seats right here and we can sing songs as we've just sung. And we become so automatic that we don't really think about it. It's not really coming from our heart, and it really means absolutely nothing. 
He knows that we can set when His Word is being read and His Word is being preached. And if we're not careful, our minds can drift on this problem or that problem or this thing or that thing that we've got to take care of and do. But He gives us this table as a special time to remember. So I, I remember one time using the illustration, and some of you would probably have heard it. It's like, you know, one of the dearest people in this life to me was my own dad. I was just a young man when my dad went to glory to be with the Lord. The thing is, you can come to my living room now, and there's still a photograph hanging there on the wall of my mom and dad as that photo hangs there. The thing is, I know that that's not him any more than this bread and this cup is really the Lord Jesus Christ. When I look on that photograph, I remember him. And it brings back memories. And I think of lots of little things from childhood and adulthood and, and those things because there's a very special place there and those memories would never want to go anywhere. Well, it's not because that I would always forget him, but when I see him there, it reminds me and I remember and I think upon who he was and the things that we've done together. And so as we come this evening, it's not because that you've forgotten about who Jesus is, but it's to look at him and to remember to think about it. And as we see Jesus here, I just want to give you a couple of things in this verse. You see, first of all, we see Jesus. We see Jesus, lest we forget, we see him as God. That's one thing that sets apart from many that would even call themselves Christians and many others that will accept and believe that Jesus Christ walked this earth. But we see him this evening. We know that this one that came and came lower than an angel to, to suffer death for us, that it was God himself that did that. Gospel of John chapter 1, verse 3 says, All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. You can turn to the very first verse in your Bible that says, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. We read here that God created it, but we read here that all things were made by Him. And just to make sure under inspiration that He drove a nail right there that you couldn't miss it, He said, and without Him was not anything made that was made. Without who? Without Jesus. Without the God that created everything in the beginning. You find that the meaning is clear. Jesus Christ himself is credited for creating anything and everything that was created. And yet the same Bible tells us that it was God that created all that is. Again, we find the chapter just before this in Hebrews chapter 1. And in verse 3, the Bible says, Who being the brightness of his glory, speaking of the Lord Jesus Christ, who being the brightness of His glory, whose glory? God's glory. And the express image of His person and upholding all things by the word of His power. When He had by Himself purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. The description of the Lord Jesus Christ in this verse. It leaves absolutely no doubt whatsoever 
that Jesus Christ is being described and explained and put forth as equal with God, as being God, who being the brightness of His glory. It's interesting if you look there. Who being? Panos, how do you pronounce E-I-M-I in Greek? Well, I figure if somebody's going to make a fool of themselves tonight, I'd rather it be you than me. <laughs> E-I-M-I. That's the way it is in Greek. Emi, or however that it should be pronounced, Emi, we'll pretend that that's the way it's pronounced because we know that that's the way that it's, that it's spelled. That's the word that's translated here is who being the brightness of his glory. Do you know what Emi actually translate literally? I am. <laughs> I am. As a matter of fact, it's the same verb that's used to express I am in our Bibles that identifies Jesus as Jehovah God of the Old Testament. In John chapter 8, verse 58, Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, before Abraham was, I am. Exact same word. And you know what? The I am in that verse that translates with E-G-O-E-M-E, it's the same that God spoke to Moses back in Exodus chapter 3 and verse 14, and God said unto Moses, I am that I am. And he said, Thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, I am hath sent unto you. I am hath sent me unto you. Whether it's the Old Testament the New Testament, you see, God, God is the one that identified himself as I am. Jesus is the one that identified himself as the I am before Abraham even was. Jesus is the one that's identified here as the I am, who being the brightness of his glory of God himself. We could look at many things, but I just want to remind you this evening, folks, one of the greatest truths that you'll ever understand, and if you're ever going to have an eternity in heaven, is to come and recognize and realize that who, when we see Jesus Christ, we see him as God, Jehovah God, the God that created all, that sustains all, is one and the same as the Lord Jesus Christ that we remember here this evening. But we see Jesus. Notice the next verse, who was made a little lower than the angels. You see, on the one hand, we see him as God Almighty, the creator of the universe. And yet we see him here in all of his humility and poverty. How could on the one hand, the same one, own everything, the cattle on a thousand hills. How he could he be the creator and sustainer of everything that is? And yet, be the one that would humble himself to be made lower than the angels for the suffering of death. What did he say there in verses 14 to 16? For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same, that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is, the devil, and deliver them who through fear of death 
were all their lifetime subject to bondage. Praise God, we don't have to fear death anymore because Jesus Christ is the one that took that fear away. For verily he took not on him the nature of angels, but he took on him the seed of Abraham. We see Jesus this evening, the God of creation. We see Jesus who was willing to humble himself down to the lowest man. Become a man. Philippians chapter 2 verse 8 says, And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Second Corinthians chapter 8 verse 9, For ye know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that ye through his poverty might be rich. I wouldn't even know how to begin to explain to you the place that Jesus came from before he came to this earth as a man. How can I describe? The Bible gives us this, this glimpse of what heaven is like. But he also tells us that our, that our eyes haven't seen and our, and our ears haven't even heard what's in store for us. But Jesus, he's the one that left it all, we can honestly say without any shadow of a doubt that there's never been a greater condensation in history than Jesus Christ, the one that he made when he came from the glory of all that heaven was, sinless and holy in all of its perfection, and came to the poverty of this earth, was cursed by sin. He laid them aside, all the riches, to become a pauper for us. It was Jesus himself that said in Matthew chapter 8, verse 20, and Jesus said unto him, The foxes have holes, and the birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man hath not where to lay his head. He didn't come like out of us having to have the finest house in the neighborhood. <laughs> he didn't come having to have something to impress people that he was important. We find that when he walked this earth ministering to all those around him, he had no place to call home, no place to lay his head except those that were given to him. You see, we see Jesus this evening. We see Jesus as God, the creator of the universe, but we also see him in his humility and poverty that he was willing to take upon himself for you and I. We see him this evening. Also, we see him. Notice the next words. We see Jesus who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death. We see him, God himself, in all of his deep, great sorrow. Remember the words we read here in verse 10. For it became him for whom, all, for whom are all things and by whom are all things in bringing many sons unto glory to make the captain of their salvation perfect through what? Through sufferings. The prophet Isaiah gave us that clear description in Isaiah 53, verses 3 to 6. Speaking of our Lord, he says, He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief, and we hid, as it were, our faces from him. 
He was despised, and we esteemed him not. Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. All we, like sheep, have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way. And the Lord, Jehovah God there, hath laid on him, the Lord Jesus Christ, the iniquity of us all. You see, Jesus Christ, we see him as God, the creator of the universe. We see him in his humility and his poverty, but we see him in in deep sorrow. He was truly a man of sorrows like we can't even begin to imagine. Is it possible for Jesus to stoop below the greatest sorrow that you've ever known? Oh, yes. To stoop below it and to lift it and to place it to where it can't even operate. (laughs) He carried your sorrows for you. You know, the Bible says there'll be no sorrows in heaven. (laughs) They'll be gone. Jesus carried our sorrows. He carried them to the place where they lose their power, where they wouldn't afflict you. And you know what? They're sent to a region of the damned, of those that will continue to be in their torment for all of eternity. That's where all the sorrows are going. That's where he's put them. We see him. The Jesus that we remember this evening, the Jesus that we see is God, the creator and sustainer of the universe that was willing to humble himself, to take on humility and poverty and to come to this earth and to suffer like no one's ever suffered before. We see him. We see him. The Bible goes on here. It says, we see Jesus who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death. The next word says, crowned with glory and honor. We'll come back to those in a minute. Notice the ones that follow that. That he... Jesus, the one we see, by the grace of God, should taste death for every man. It said there in verses 7 and 8, Thou madest him a little lower than the angels. Thou crownest him with glory and honor, and didst set him over the works of thy hands. Thou hast put all things in subjection under his feet, for in that he put all in subjection under him. He left nothing that is not put under him, but now we see not yet all things put under him. Notice what it says in verse 17, Wherefore in all things it behooved him to be made like unto his brethren, that he might be the merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God to make reconciliation for the sins of the people. We see him in his self-sacrificing love like nothing we can see anywhere else. We'll never see love like we see it in our Lord. In Matthew chapter 20 and verse 28, 
The Bible says, even as the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give his life a ransom for many. Folks, there is no greater love than the love of God. There is no greater love than the love of God that is expressed in the Lord Jesus Christ when he, Jesus, became the the Lamb of God. The Bible says that taketh away the sin of the world. God created man. And then God became the man in Christ that would redeem lost creation. We see him. We see him as God. We see him in his humility and his poverty. We see him in his sorrow. We see him with all of his self-sacrificing love that was willing to sacrifice everything for your soul. Finally, those words crowned with glory and honor. We began with Jesus as God. We see how he humbled himself and gave it all up to come to this earth to suffer, to die for you and I, to express his love in the greatest way that he could express it. And we see him here again, crowned with glory and honor. We see him in his mighty power. We see him in his mighty power. That's what we saw just there in verses 7 and 8 that we just read. That's what we saw down in, in verse 14, that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is, the devil. He said in verse 15, and deliver them who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. Jesus Christ, he's the one that had the power over death. He's the one that is able to take that fear of death away because he defeated it for us when he rose the third day. He said there in verse 18, for in that he himself hath suffered being tempted, he is able to secure them that are tempted. You know, God knows exactly what you're going through this evening. Whatever your struggle is, whatever it might be that's, that's in your life that's really tough right now, maybe it's tough to, ha- to handle, to, to carry, to hold, that it, it's just a burden that's so heavy, or maybe it's some temptation saying that Jesus has the power to take it. Ephesians chapter 1, verses 19 and 20 And what is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward who believe according to the working of his mighty power which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places. We're talking about a power that is beyond measure. It is immeasurable. When Jesus Christ was raised from the dead, when he was victorious over death, being exalted to the Father's right hand. You see, every power. What's the greatest power that you've ever seen or heard of or even imagined? 
It has a limit somewhere. But not the power of this Jesus that we see this evening. (laughs) There is no limit. There is no limit to his power. He cannot be overthrown. He cannot be outdone. He has the power to bring every promise that he's made to pass. And you and I, if we, as we looked and tried to glimpse there this morning, when we talked about the greatness of our God and the great things that he wants to, to accomplish, God of wonders, do we dare to believe? Do we dare to have the faith to really believe that God will be a God of wonders in our life and in our church? We see Jesus. For by grace are you saved through faith. Folks, that's where we live. The just shall live by faith. We see Jesus as we remember him this evening, as we come around the Lord's table. I just wanted to take this one verse. I want us just to focus and remember who it is that we're remembering this evening. We see him, Jesus. It is God, the creator, the sustainer of everything that exists that was willing to humble himself, to give up all the glory of heaven, and to lower himself and come to this earth as a man, and to suffer like no other human being has ever suffered. When he took all of our sorrows, when he took all of our sins upon himself, we see him that has shown us a love like no one else possibly ever can. We see him that holds all power, that is mighty in power, that can fulfill every promise that he's made, that can overcome whatever it is in our lives. He is there. He is able. It's we that are weak in the flesh if we can trust him. Father, we thank you so much this evening. Lord, I pray that this evening that we can see him. That as we're reminded of our Lord and our Savior this evening, we can be reminded of the greatest love that ever existed, the greatest power that's ever known, the greatest sacrifice that has ever been made. Lord, as we see him this evening, may we remember as we take of this bread and receive of this cup, may we see him. May we remember him as he desires for us to do. May we as a body of believers in this local church here at Bethel, may we be unified this evening as the one body, one body unified with Jesus Christ as our head. And Lord, as we take of this bread and drink of this cup, may we proudly testify to the whole world 
that it's Jesus Christ and Him alone that only, only we have our hope for today that we'll be looking for His soon return for us, that we might be with Him for all of eternity. Father, I pray this evening that You would help us. You know the hearts of each and every one here tonight. Lord, we're first going to receive of this bread, and as we do so, we do so to remember our Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, it's you that tell us that before coming to this table that we ought to examine ourselves. Lord, we recognize we are such imperfect, sinful people. But Father, as we examine ourselves, I pray that you would help each individual here this evening to do just that. And Lord, if there be anything in our life May we be honest. If there's something that needs to be dealt with here this evening that is hindering our relationship with you or with each other, Lord, help us to be willing to deal with that, to do whatever is necessary, that we can take of this bread and remember Him with nothing in our lives that's going to separate us from Him. Our worthiness is all in Christ this evening. Lord, our sins, if they're to be forgiven, it's only because of His worthy sacrifice. And Father, if we have any worthiness to approach You even in this prayer, it's only in His name. But Father, now we give You thanks for the bread that we're about to receive. And as we receive of this bread, may we remember Him. May we see Him. May we remember that body that He willingly took upon, that He was willing to come and suffer and die on our behalfs. He was nailed to that cross to carry our sorrows and our sins. For it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen.